I'm Cassie Hilbron, and this is the Cook It Real Good podcast, bringing you shortcuts to success in the kitchen. Today's episode is all about batch cooking. I chat with my friend Katie Trant from the popular food blog Hey Nutrition Lady. Katie is a university trained nutritionist with a Bachelor of Science in Food, Nutrition, and Health, and a Master of Science in Nutrition. She is passionate about fad free nutrition, real food, a champion of body positivity and intuitive eating, and a meal planning lunch packing whiz. Hey Nutrition Lady is where Katie leans in on her science background and uses critical thinking to help sift through the enormous amount of misinformation and pseudoscience when it comes to nutrition, to help people make informed decisions about what to eat in order to become your healthiest and happiest selves, all while providing easy and delicious vegetarian recipes for everyone. Katie is a lover of cheese, a hater of mushrooms, and a green smoothie aficionado. A native of Vancouver, Canada, she lives in Stockholm, Sweden with her husband and two boys. Katie has some awesome practical tips for how we can batch cook to create countless meals throughout the week. Just for an example, brown rice could be the base of some delicious rice bowls or made into a fried rice or even a stir fry. Katie's ideas will make mealtimes less stressful and do not require hours and hours in the kitchen, even when you're actually doing the batch cooking. This week's recipe of the week is my vegetarian quiche. Katie is a vegetarian, so I thought I'd keep with the theme and pick a delicious veggie recipe from the blog. This quiche is actually one of my newest recipes, and my gosh, is it good! I've had a couple of recipe testers throw around best quiche ever, and I have to agree. Eat it for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or all three. I will not judge. Grab the recipe link and all the links discussed in today's episode by visiting cookitrealgood.com slash 29. Now, let's dive into today's chat. Hey, nutrition lady. Katie. Hey, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Before we get into today's topic, would you mind sharing your last cooking fail with us? Yes. So my last cooking fail actually happened really recently. It was last week and it wasn't really a recipe fail. Well, it kind of was, but it was that I was making a pumpkin pie for the blog. And of course, as food bloggers, we want beautiful food to take beautiful photos of. And my pie, um, I made this spelt flour crust for it and looked, spent the time to look up tutorials online of how to make like a beautiful edge on the crust. And I made this chevron pattern with um, a spoon going around. And it looked really, really good. But when it baked, when I took the pie out of the oven, as soon as I touched it to move it, half of the crust cracked off. So it was looking like a disaster. And then as it cooled, as um, pumpkin pies and cheesecakes and sort of custard baked desserts can do if you overcook them even a little bit or if you don't undercook them, um, as it cooled, a massive crack split open down the middle of the pie. So I was like, oh, my God, I can't take pictures of this. It's a disaster. But faced with um, making another pie 
or trying to fix it, I decided to try and fix it because I thought that that would take less time. And I thought maybe I can find some leaf shaped cookie cutters. I had lots of extra pastry and I walked all over Stockholm. But of course, Swedes um, don't really do cut out cookies and they don't really do fall themed things. You know, there's no Thanksgiving here or anything like that. So of course it was like a wasteland completely void of any leaf shaped cookie cutters. Um, and I decided to then use stars. I had some stars in my Christmas cookies and I thought, okay, well, we'll just do this. And then at the last minute, I remembered that my son has a bunch of cutters in his Play-Doh collection. So I went through it and lo and behold, there was an acorn cookie cutter in the Play-Doh set. So spent a bunch of time cutting out all these tiny acorns and tiny stars out of pastry. And then I had to get in there with a sharp knife and I surgically removed the rim from the pie and then replaced it with all these tiny little acorns and stars. And then I went in there. I actually looked up there. I found a YouTube tutorial on how to rescue a cracked pie and um, discovered that if you get a hot metal spatula, like I used an offset spatula spatula that I ran, I dipped it into boiling water, then dried it and was able to fill the crack in the pie, sort of nudge it back together and then covered up my repair job with a burst of pastry acorns and it worked out okay. It was a fail that I managed to fix. <laughs> I love the hack about the hot spatula. I never would have thought to do that ever, but that's such yeah. a good tip. I'm going to remember that one I think for future. It would have worked better if I had done it when it it was not yet cool. Yeah, I think that then the surface of the pie, you wouldn't have seen the repair job because you could tell there was a color difference. Um, so that's why I had to re I had to cover the repair job with the beautiful pastries, but it did work in the end. So I think that, you know, the moral of the story is that you can fix a lot of things. I wouldn't say you could fix almost anything, but you can definitely fix a cracked pie. <laughs> I know, know how. Yeah. I like that you uh, performed cosmetic surgery to the pie. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, to be to be completely honest, if this was a pie that I was just serving to my family at a Thanksgiving dinner or to friends or whatever, I wouldn't have bothered. I would have served it as is. I would have put a big blob of whipped cream on the top of the pie or something like that. But because I was taking photos of it and beautiful photos are what sell our food, um, I had to go to great lengths. So... I, I think that serving a, a crack pie is totally fine. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to put the link to the pie as well, because I have seen the pie and the pie turned out beautifully. Like from this story, you would think it was a disaster, but it is the prettiest pie I've seen. So we'll have to put yeah. a link in the show notes <laughs> to the pie so everyone can see it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So today we're focusing on batch cooking and I'll be the first to admit that I'm hopeless at it. I am someone who seems to do everything the hardest way, if that makes sense. <laughs> I cook my vegetables yeah. fresh every day, and it seems silly because realistically, broccoli and cauliflower taste the same if they're reheated than fresh. It doesn't really matter. Um, and I yeah. also know for myself on the weeks that I don't set myself up for success for things like like your batch cooking, I'm more likely to scratch around for something that's not exactly that healthy uh, rather than eating what's probably best for my body. So teach me your ways, Katie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what you just said is the main reason that I always encourage people towards batch cooking, because when you 
spend a little bit of time on the weekend preparing a bunch of stuff, you do set yourself up for success. You have an arsenal of healthy ingredients that are the building blocks to make other meals. And so when you are standing in front of this uh, fridge, rather than, um, you know, reaching for ramen or reaching for whatever the easiest thing is that you can shove into your mouth. Um, for me, it's usually a handful of pretzels. Then you can put together, you know, a healthy meal bowl or a pasta with a bunch of vegetables or whatever. Um, and I find that even I work from home and I'm a food blogger, so I'm constantly cooking. And even then, I find that the weeks that I do not spend time batch cooking, I'm still either starving because I always think, oh, I'll just eat what I'm taking photos of. But it always takes longer than you think it will. And I never have time to eat. My photography days are the days that I don't I don't eat lunch. Or I think, well, I'll just, you know, whip something simple up while I'm getting food ready for my son for his lunch. And, you know, then I forget how much effort it takes to be dealing with my kid and dealing with the kitchen and the kitchen is a mess. So it does make a huge difference, even if you're home all the time. And especially if you're working or you're in school and you're, you know, busy with kids and other activities, it makes such a huge difference. So my batch cooking formula that I recommend is every week, take some time on the weekend before your week starts and make four things, a grain, a green, a protein, and a sauce. And the so these are sort of the building blocks of all of your other meals throughout the week. So a grain actually doesn't have to be a grain. It could be a grain or a starchy vegetable. You could do roast potatoes. You could do um, a bunch of baked sweet potatoes. You could cook up a big pot of brown rice or um, farro or quinoa or whatever. Um, but that's going to be sort of your foundation. It could also be pasta, that kind of thing. It's going to be sort of the bottom layer of your dishes if you sort of think of a, of a pyramid with the starches on the bottom. And then a green is going to be your vegetables. And so, of course, they don't have to be green. Um, but this can be a big tray of roasted veggies. It can be that you're washing and prepping your salad greens. It could be that you're making kale salad that's going to last for the week in the fridge. Um, or it could be that you're steaming up a bunch of veg that you're then going to be able to reheat really quickly later. Uh, then protein is the next one. And so that's going to be like your hard boiled eggs. If you want to roast up a chicken or something like that, um, marinated tofu, tempeh, things like that. So then you've got your protein or if you want to cook up a big batch of dried beans that you can then use throughout the week rather than thinking every time, oh, I should have I should have soaked those beans or I should have um cooked up a pot of lentils or whatever. So you've got your protein and then a sauce. I really like to have something that's going to make all of that other stuff taste good. Um, so when you put it together, you've got a, a salad dressing or you've got, I love making this um, really addictive tahini sauce that I can drizzle on like pretty much anything and make it taste good or um, whip up a batch of chimichurri or something like that. That's going to sort of be the flavor maker to bring it all together. So that's my plan for prongs of the plan Yum. or pillars I guess yeah that tahini sauce sounds delicious and I'm so with you on a nice sauce bringing it all together like something that makes you really look forward to eating that healthy stuff <laughs> yeah and the thing is with a lot of these ingredients um you know a pot of brown rice takes 45 minutes to cook so if you get home after work at five o'clock or six o'clock and you've got hungry kids, you don't want to spend time to put a pot of brown rice on the stove and same, you know, roasting potatoes and so on. They take time. So 
having it already done makes it so that you could throw together a meal in 15 minutes. No problem. And I guess it is really helping you make healthier choices. So if you open up your fridge and you have all of these options available to you that are easier than making ramen, because they actually are at that point, if they're all made, you can just throw it together. That really is helping you make those healthier choices. Yeah. Is, Is there any equipment that we can use that makes batch cooking easier? I'm thinking maybe an Instant Pot. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I have an Instant Pot and I love it. It's absolutely the best thing for cooking dried beans. You don't have to soak them and they come together so unbelievably fast. I've never used my Instant Pot to cook rice because I just find that it doesn't, if I'm batch cooking, it's okay to do it on the stovetop, but you certainly could. Um, and then I... I am a vegetarian, but I have heard that the Instant Pot does an awesome job at meats. So that would be a really good way to throw a big, I don't know, what do you do, a shoulder of lamb or something? I guess you could do a whole chicken in an Instant Pot. I have no idea. I would say for batch cooking, the most essential equipment is going to be storage containers. So something that you can put your pre-cooked rice or your pre-roasted um, potatoes and so on in, in the fridge. Um, and a lot of things, brown rice and white rice also, and cooked beans freeze really well as well. So I make really huge quantities of them when I'm cooking them, and then I portion them into one or two cup portions and throw them in the freezer. And I use these silicon freezer bags that are reusable. And um, they're actually not only reusable, but also microwavable and um, sous videable. So you can pull out a thing of frozen rice and chuck it in a pot of hot water to thaw it out or throw it in the microwave so you can get it done really quickly. And those are great. That's awesome. Yeah, I've I've seen those reusable uh, pouches, but I haven't actually tried them. But I like the fact that you can chuck them in the hot water too. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like to use um, glass Pyrex to store my food like in the fridge and things like that. Um, what do you use yeah. for your storage I use, containers? I use the same. I use a combination of, bla- of glass Pyrex. I mean, mine are actually from Ikea, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <Not Pyrex. laughs> I think they but, own like the um, name, but it could be a different brand. <laughs> yeah. Same concept. I think those are really good. And then I also... because. I like to use my batch cooking also for packing packed lunches. And when I'm working, I commute on a bicycle and I don't want a glass container in my backpack just because they're so heavy. So I do have lighter plastic containers that I use for those as well. So a combination of them both. Yeah, awesome. I um, I know what you mean about carrying those <laughs> glass containers. Sometimes when I pack my husband's lunch, I put like four and just like I have all different sizes and so I'll put them all together. <laughs> it's really weighty. But he's not yeah. riding a bike so he can handle it. <laughs> he can handle it, yeah. <laughs> just carrying it from the car to the office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be okay. Is there any other equipment that will help with batch cooking? Um... Hmm, your freezer, I guess. Yeah, making some think. room in your freezer for extras. Yeah, I mean, you definitely need you need places to store it all. Um, but your freezer and um, 
our friend Sarah Cook has a really good post on how to freeze basically anything yep. that you could link to as well. Um, That's a good one. Let me think. What do you need for batch cook? I, can't, I don't think there's any more equipment, really. I mean, you need whatever you're going to use to do the cooking and you need your um, you need places to put it. You need your containers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, I, I'm someone who has not taken advantage of my freezer in the way that I can. So I like your idea of making huge quantities of things like rice and freezing them for later. That really does just make yeah. meal time so much easier if you've got it there and you can just pull it out. And that's so much cheaper than buying those microwavable bags that I see in the supermarkets as well. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, you can freeze pretty much anything. You just need to remember to use it. Yes. If it's going to be <laughs> sitting in the back of your freezer and just getting frostbitten and gross, then don't do it. You know, I have a lot of nutrition clients who don't like leftovers or who don't like to eat food that used to be frozen. And that's just their preferences. So then of course you want to take a fresher approach to batch prepping or batch cooking then where maybe you have pre-chopped your ingredients, but you haven't cooked them yet. You're just keeping them in the fridge in, in an airtight container. And then you can pull out the vegetables or pull out the rice and whip together a really good, really quick stir fry or pasta or something like that. So it is a little fresher tasting than um, stuff that you've made in huge quantities and frozen. So that's always an option as well. Definitely. And look, I think this meal planning is a buzzword <laughs> that gets a bit of a bad yeah. rap with some people. Um, we've spoken to some people on the podcast about it before. Um, and I think people kind of put it in the too hard basket because they think it will take a lot of, a lot of time and will be really difficult for them. So what is the difference between batch cooking and meal planning? And is batch cooking an easier option? Well, I think that batch cooking is potentially a type of meal planning or it's something that can go hand in hand with meal planning. And I do know that a lot of people think that meal planning is a dirty word or it seems just like so boring. And um, I focus on intuitive eating with my clients. And so a lot of them feel that meal planning is a little bit too rigid. But I, I think that if intuitive eating is your is your pathway, then meal planning and batch cooking is sort of like having a map. And it's like you could wander aimlessly and just sort of think, well, I'll be happy with wherever I end up. Or you can set yourself up for a smoother journey. And that's, I think, what batch cooking is, is setting yourself up for an easier week and a smoother journey. And um, maybe you want to look each week and say, these are the things that I'm going to make. This week is going to be sweet potato week. And so I'm going to batch cook, you know, I'm going to bake up a bunch of sweet potatoes. I'm going to bake some spicy black beans that I can top them with. I'm going to make a guacamole for the sauce and um, we'll make a big salad to go with it. And there's your four components. And you've planned out the whole week that you're using those components around, or it can be much looser and just be like, I'm going to cook up a big pot of brown rice and just see where the week takes me. Cause then I can use that rice on night one as the base of um, a stir fry. And then 
I, on night two, I can use it. It's getting a little bit older. I can use it as um, an ingredient in fried rice. Maybe I'll serve a soup with it. Maybe I'll use it. I make um, sometimes sort of like a quiche, but with brown rice as the crust instead. So, you know, you've stretched that one pot of rice throughout the whole week. Maybe by halfway through the week, you decide you're sick of brown rice and you throw the rest of it in the freezer and that's fine. Um, but it's just giving you a little bit of assistance along the way. Absolutely. Um, I like how you, if you are batch cooking, you can kind of turn a few simple ingredients into a bunch of different things because I am someone who gets really bored with food quite easily. So that's why something like the meal prepping doesn't really work for me. If I'm making something specific that I'm going to eat for the next five days, I would hate that. Whereas making some ingredients, a lot of some ingredients and then using those throughout the week, that really appeals to me. So what kind of foods are best for batch cooking? And then what kind of things can we make with those? Like, do you have any recipes that you recommend or? Well, I think that, um, meal bowls lend themselves really well to batch cooking. So Buddha bowls and that kind of thing, burrito bowls, um, because they tend to be the kinds of meals that you do a lot of prep, a lot of different components anyways. So if those components are made in advance, those are really easy to pull together. And I have a post on um, how to make a meal bowl without a recipe that is really good. I can share that with you. And then I think that um, when you're thinking about greens, starchy root vegetables do really well. Um, They roast up really well and they last well for most of the week in the fridge. And um, if you looked at greens like a kale salad, you can make at the beginning of the week and it'll, they only get better with time, really. Um, whereas, you know, if you made a, a tender lettuce or spinach salad, you wouldn't be able to keep that in the fridge dressed all week. It would be terrible after day two. So sturdier greens are always going to serve you better. Um, and then I think that cooking things like I have a recipe for a big, big tray of Mediterranean roast vegetables. And then I would take that tray of vegetables and on night one, I might have it as a side dish with some, I don't know. With a protein. I might have it as a side, <laughs> yeah, with a protein. I might have it as a side dish with, you know, some, God, I still can't <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter. Okay. So on night one, I might have the roasted vegetables as a side dish. And then later in the week, I may turn them into, I have a um, baked frittata with roasted vegetables and goat cheese in it. So you sort of parlay it into other recipes and it takes on a new life each time. You could also puree them and make a soup by the end of the week when they're starting to get a little, you know, closer to the funky side. Yeah. I love putting roasted vegetables in soups. Yeah. Roasted vegetables, they have so much flavor. So they make such a good base if you just whiz them up into a soup or into a pasta sauce even as well. Mm, I love that idea. And yeah, like I said, that's much more appealing to me than eating the same I'm just thinking of something silly, but like chicken and broccoli all week. I couldn't, couldn't stomach that. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have any other tips or tricks around batch cooking that we should keep in mind? I think that, that I know I've said this a few times already, but really leaning on your freezer is something that I really recommend. And you can freeze more things than you think you can freeze. Like, 
For example, most people don't know that you can freeze hummus. You can make a huge batch of hummus, portion it up and freeze it. Yep. And it defrosts really, really well. And then you can use it just like it's brand new hummus. Um, and you can freeze beans and rice. And of course, you can freeze cooked meat and so on. Um, soups freeze beautifully. Stews freeze really well. And, uh, you know, I make up big batches of like lasagna or burritos and so on. And... Um, that's more meal prep than batch cooking though, I guess. But the components are there. That's what you're putting together. Yeah. I, yeah. I do think that's part of the, part of what I am missing, but uh, my problem is that my freezer is so full of crap at the moment. I can't fit anything else yeah. in it. So I think I need to actually get rid of that stuff first. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you need to have the space you need to eat down. And I find that with freezers, you tend to fill what you have. So nobody ever really has a ton of freezer space. So you need to make a conscious decision that you are going to do this batch cooking and you are going to make room for these things to exist or room in your fridge or wherever it is, just so that you have it ready to go. We had Sarah from the blog Yes and Yes on a few weeks ago talking about doing a no grocery challenge. And when she was chatting to us, one of her suggestions is putting food like leftovers, but this would would work for what we're doing here with the batch cooking in those glass containers. So you can actually like visually see it when you open the fridge or freezer and you know exactly what's in there. And it's kind of like a conscious reminder every time you go to the fridge to look for something like, oh, I have to eat that. It needs to go. So I think that really yeah. applies here as well is that when you're looking at when you get that visual when you open that beautiful fridge and it's got all of your stacks of food I think it, it's a great feeling and you know that you yeah. have lots of things to make that are going to be delicious yeah well rather than opening the fridge and going oh god what am I going to make for dinner you open the fridge and go okay there's cooked rice and there's marinated tofu and there's veggies that are already chopped I'm going to make a stir fry yeah perfect easy Oh, anything to make our lives easier. Anything to make our lives Definitely. easier. <laughs> yeah. Now, thank you so much, Katie, for coming on and sharing those tips with us. I am actually going to try my hand at batch cooking. This is this is going to happen. No more silliness in the kitchen. <laughs> Before you go, can you let my listeners know where they can find you? Yeah, they can find me. My website is heynutritionlady.com. And I'm on Instagram at heynutritionlady and Facebook dot com slash hey nutrition lady i think so it's the same handle everywhere hey nutrition lady i love your name <laughs> that's it <laughs> thank you awesome well thank you so much for coming on thank you i had so much fun chatting with katie we actually recorded this episode months ago hence when she spoke about the pie fail as that was just before thanksgiving so I've actually had some time to implement a few of her suggestions already. I've started to think more about what ingredients I can use throughout the week and making a conscious effort to prepare more if I can easily repurpose it in other meals. For all the links we discussed in today's episode, head to cookitrealgood.com slash 29. That's it from me. Have a great week and don't just cook. Cook it real good. Bye. Bye.